Hello, my name is Stephanie Garza and I am a sophomore at Providence Baptist College. Welcome to the Maverick Messages, where you will hear the life-changing sermons we hear each and every single school day. Please enjoy the following Maverick message. Turn to Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12 today. I'm going to have you stand one last time, like Brother Coral says, one last time before this hour and a half long, it's not going to be an hour and a half long message. I know you get up and walk out at 1225. My goal is not to keep you to 1225, so you do have time to enjoy lunch today. But I say that just about every message, and it doesn't normally work out. I say that in my class that I'll let you go early, and I still talk five minutes after the bell, and you're late for the next class. So I'm going to work on it today. But Mark, did I say Mark or did I say Matthew? Mark, good, good. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse 41. It says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast, in, cast more in than all, all they which have cast into the treasury. Let's read verse 44 together. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Luke chapter uh, 21, I'll, I'll read the first uh, couple verses there. It's the same, same story. And he looked up and saw the rich, man, rich men casting in their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than, all, than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. And no, I'm not going to talk about giving today. Now, giving is very, it, it would be a good message. I, we've heard some messages already about giving this year. Not giving, I'm talking about giving, not of your money, but of your life. And we're going to take the example of this widow woman, and then we're going to go through a couple other examples of the, in the Bible of being all in. This lady cast in all that she had. That was everything. She had no more that she could, she had no more money, she had nothing else that she could give. But I think it was more than just the money that it was a symbol. It was her life saying, Lord, this is all that I have, it's all yours. Whatever you're going to do with it, you do with it. You're going to do great things. If you're going to see, you know, have great works be done with the two mites, even though I don't really know how much you could do with two mites, but I'm going to give everything. And how many of us today are all in? Have we bought into the Christian life say, you know what, Lord, I'm all in. And I'm not saying go write a check for everything that you have. It may be two mites that we have in our bank. It may be, it may be a couple more than that. I'm not saying write everything over to the church, but I'm saying your life, how you live your life as a college student right now. And in just a few years and whatever the Lord may have for you, are you all in? Let's pray and then we'll get into the message. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the many saved this weekend. Lord, it's a testament to the, the church, but also the students, Lord. There's many, many hours put in. I pray that uh, you can take that, that work and those that were saved and, and just work through the next couple of weeks through those lives. Please use us today. Please be with this message. I pray that it can be a help and a blessing. In your name I pray. Amen. Two mites. What is two mites? Oh, you're going to say it's kind of like two pennies back in the, in the, in, back in the day, back, back in Bible time. So what could it buy you? What could two mites buy you? Well, 16 mites, okay, 16 pennies could buy you a sparrow. So this lady was so rich she couldn't even afford a bird. Just, just, if, you wanted to get, if you wanted to get a pound of grapes, they say it was about 50 mites. So she could go and buy three grapes with her two mites. 
Now, I just like, so what is it like today? So I want to like, what is the, what is the, the, the ratio of what it is today? And, and really, it was about 1 64th. Now, I'm not going to do all the math. I already did the math, so I'm not going to do the math here. I know you all want math tricks, but I already did this. But it's 1 64th of a day's earning is what, is what, two, what a mite is. A 64th of a day's earning. So I went, I, I, this is not just the, uh, this is the common man. This is like the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the just the, like the low, what, what, what a common person makes. What is it? Uh, um, I can't think of minimum wage. This is minimum wage, basically. She would make, th she had $3. $3, maybe $3.50. What could she do with three? What could you do with $3.50? That's all you had. You can't even go to, you can't even get three things from the dollar store anymore. You used to be able to do that. Now you could get two things from the dollar store. You maybe could get a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. I think that may be more than, it's three something now. I don't even know what tax. You may not even be able to afford. She couldn't afford a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. Maybe she gets the two for three hot and spicy, okay? So she got, she had something she had, so there we go, two for three, yeah. Yeah, it used to be like, it, it used to be, you know, two for two, it used to be a dollar each. Yeah. Now the special is like a dollar, it's, it's, it's a mess. But that's all that she had. It wasn't a lot of money. But it wasn't the money that spoke to the Lord. He, he, he saw that. But he saw a bunch of other people. Those rich people were given lots, who knows, hundreds and thousands, whatever it may be. We don't know the dollar amount. To the world, she gave nothing. She really gave nothing, just two pennies. You can go and maybe not these days, you can't find two pennies in your pocket, but you can go on the ground and find change, and that's all that she had. To her, it was everything. That's all she had. But to the Lord, he saw that, and he said, wow. She was all in. You know, back in the 1800s when, when they would do the boxing would going on and, and, and they would go in and they would start fighting and the, the coach in the side would have a towel. They would, it, would, it, would, it would be a towel that they'd go and they'd wipe or a sponge. They would wipe the blood and the sweat off the boxer in between rounds. And at a certain point in the, in the fight, if, if it didn't get to the end and, and, and the boxer was done, he'd go in the side corner, he'd take his towel and he'd throw it in. It's called throwing in the towel. I'm afraid that while they, they did that, back, I'm afraid that we do that today. Even some of us at times, we go like, I'm just done with this. Forget it. This isn't worth it. We throw in the towel. How many times have we thrown in the towel on, on, on serving the Lord in our life, saying, it's just not worth it anymore? But there's also, at the same time, there's something called throwing the hat in the ring. Not just throwing your towel. That's the quit. After a fight was over, if you wanted to fight, what you do is you take your hat and you throw it in the ring. And, you, and that symbolizes that I'm ready. I'm ready for this fight. So my question for you, are we all out? where we're throwing in the towel, or are we throwing in our hat today? What there should be today, and, and there is, and I, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not preaching to you like you haven't done that. I think there's a lot, if, if not most in here, have done that. So this message isn't not trying to berate you to say you're not giving all in. I've, I've, we've watched, and, and I've watched what you've done the past several weeks in the bus ministry, the extra hours and the time and the testimonies. I think a lot of you are all in. But there's still maybe a few hats out there that are on your head where the hat should be at the altar today say, Lord, I'm all in. And we may not physically have a hat, but we see that and say, Lord, I'm all in. Just like this widow woman. It's our time to step up. Amen. The next pastors, it's going to be our generations. You look at it, and, 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 and ours and maybe the ones in front of us, but a lot of the people that I was in class today, some of them are our pastors right now of churches. That's just a few years from where you're at. In just a few years, your generation are going to be, and some of them are even, you're close to your age. They just graduated. They're the next pastors. They're the next youth pastors, assistant pastors, teachers, secretaries. 
It's time for us to step up. I'm speaking, and, 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 with, and we're in we're similar generations. I'm not that much older than you. We need to step up. We need to step in. The, the next bus driver, next bus captain. It's time to step up. When you get out of here, and I'm not saying it may be ministry, and a lot of you may be called to ministry, but some of you may not be, and that doesn't mean you're second class. You've heard that before. It doesn't make you a second class. Oh, I'm not ministry, so I don't even know. You, you, you still need to step up. You still need to be a full-time Christian, like Pastor said last night. The next secretary, the next nursery worker. I'm all in. I'm going to do the best that I can be. I appreciate our nursery workers. A lot of them have been in the nursery. My, my mom and in, in, in that generation, they've been there since I was in the nursery. Okay, 30 years they've been in the nursery serving. Guess what they decided? I'm all in. I'm going to do it. And there's a time where they just can't do that anymore. Okay, there's, physically they can't go and they can't change diapers. They can't do that. And that's okay. And, and there's ways that they still need to step up. But they can't step up quite as much as they used to. But we can't. We can be the ones to do that. You can be the next church secretary. You can be the next whatever it may be, nursing home preacher. We still need nursing home preachers. It's a, it's a blessing to hear the testimony. Pastor gives some testimonies at the nursing home. My dad did it for many years. I think it was 20 years or so, 18 years or 20 years. He was a nursing home preacher. He needed to step down. Someone else took his place. Where's the next nursing home preacher in here? Wayside. Oh, you know, I don't want to go to, you know, I know where's the next person that's going to go down to the homeless shelter and going to preach? Because it's needs, hey, we need someone to do that. And I, I know we've got people that are lined up, but if there's an opening, hey, I'll, I'll do that. It's us. It's our time to step up. Right. This widow woman decided, you know, I'm going to step up. I'm going to do, I'm going to give everything I have. Lord, it's yours. Have we turned our life over to the Lord? What's a few things, few, few other examples in the Bible? We had the widow woman. Next turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. David. We see the widow woman was all in. She gave of everything. Let's look at David's life. 1 Samuel 17. We'll start in verse 22. 1 Samuel 17, 22. We see, And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. We see David. He's just come in. He's told his dad said, go bring your brother, brother some food. So he goes, like, I'm, I'm going to obey my dad. I'm going to do what I'm told. I'll, I'll get in there. And, and he, he goes and he obeys his dad. He gets someone to watch his sheep. Uh, it's pretty. It, it's neat. He did that. He goes and he he leaves his cart where it's supposed to be, and he goes and he hears this giant speaking negative, speaking against the God, against God. Uh, verse twenty-four. All the men of Israel that uh, when they saw him fled from him and were sore afraid. Were they all in? Does it sound like they were? And these were the men that should have been. These were the soldiers. These were the the tough. You know, you look at them like, wow, that's a soldier. They should be willing to do that. And they're running away because of this giant. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that come up? Surely to defy Israel as he come up. And it shall be that the man who killed him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. You would think, I, I kind of maybe, maybe, I kind of find the first part of this word that they're maybe whiny a little bit. Like you hear this man, I, but you're like, all that they were going to get, I would figure someone would step up. They were going to get a lot of glory. Now that's not why David did it, but you would think someone would actually step up and do it, but they were, they were too afraid to fight. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what, what shall be done to the man that killed the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? We see David, he was willing to fight. He was willing to fight and get into the battle. First off, he realized who the enemy was. Who's the enemy? It's, it's, it's not the rules. It's, it's not the government, even though I know that, that, that it's, that's the, maybe part of it. Who, who's our true enemy? The devil. 
Well, it's not a roommate. It's not the staff. It's not your parents. It's not your, uh, your, your, your pastor at home. Some of you have said, oh, why do, why, do, why do they put these restrictions on me? Why do they do that? You know, I, I want to I court this person, but they put all these, we can't even text, we can't do that. And I had that happen to me when I was, was courting the Shannon. We were texting for a while, and her dad said, nope, no more texting, you're done. Just all of a sudden, you had to stop, you couldn't text anything. And I was on going out of town for Thanksgiving. I didn't see her after that, just stop. Why are you doing that? He, he, he's the enemy, he's the one, he's the one that I should go against, right? I mean, is anything that happened to you? Like, you, 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 no one had that same thing? We can only write a letter. Now, we lived like not too far from each other, but we could only write one letter a week. We could call for one hour. I was out of college at that time. I was done with college. I'm like, why, why, I don't need to put up with these stupid rules. He's the enemy here. I'm, I'm the one. I should get angry at him, right? And I'm not trying to lift myself up. But no, he's actually trying to help us. He wasn't the enemy. If I, if I were to get so focused on him, maybe I wouldn't see what the devil is trying to do around us. Don't get focused on, on, on the problems that we have in our life to say, oh, it's these people, it's that person, it's my roommate. If he would just clean his room, if he would just take a shower, if he, they'd just do this or they would just do that. I, now that, would be, that would fix everything. He knew who the devil was. What does the Bible say about the devil? He knew the problems of the devil. So it'd be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring, what? Lion. lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, they say you can hear a lion's roar from five miles away. It's not, the devil's not quiet. It's not like he's out there, t- and he's careful, he's stealthy. But the devil's out there. You go out in the world, you, you, you see the devil's presence. We were just out, we went to a, just, a, uh, Michelle and I, we went down uh, south a little bit for the past couple days, and, and we were going, we were walking through a mall. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that, but it was too cold to walk outside, so we go inside, and all the people that were just, you, you look at them in the stores, you're like, no, I, I don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to look at you. The devil is just as loud as can be. He's out there. Right. He realized who the problem was. He realized that there's Goliath, but the devil's behind him. I'm going to fight the devil, a roaring lion. The devil's out there. He's loud. He's in your face. He's trying to tell you about it. But he's also sneaky in a way, too. They say a lion will go, and and their way of hunting is it's going to ambush. He's going to come when you least expect it. You think everything's going fine? And, 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 And there's a reason why God likened the devil to a lion in a lot of ways. Because at nighttime, that's a lot of times what they do. There's just a few hours where they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to hunt. And they're very, very fast. They'll go and they'll, they'll sit in this brush and he'll wait for the prey to come. And they can go 50, a burst of 50 miles an hour. You look at the lions out here. They, they, they can run up to 50 miles an hour, jump 36 feet. That's from here to that side of the room. A lion can jump 36 feet at that speed. Roughly, it's about close, give, give or take a few feet. It's about 36 feet. The devil's going to come and all of a sudden he's going to come and try to attack. If you're not watching out for him. David was watching out for that. He knew who the battle was. He knew that he was fighting the devil. They say that their paws can retract. They can go there. Their claws can retract a little bit. They can be up to an inch and a half long. They do that when its prey comes, it goes and it grabs onto its prey. And then it bites its prey. It tries to hold onto it. And the devil's going to do that to your life. If you don't realize that he's the one that you're fighting, you start getting distracted with everyone else. He's going to come in your life, and it may be small, but he's going to get his claws inside of you. He's going to hold on to you. <clears throat> he's not going to let you go. <clears throat> Sorry. There's a devil. The devil is out there as a lion. It's fast. He's fast and precise, and he wants to take you down realize who we're fighting. David realized who he's fighting. And then it says in, in verse 28, and Eliab, his eldest brother, uh, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, why camest thou hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. 
You know, the, the people that speak the loudest, they're, normally, they're, they're not normally the, the big, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand for right, but the ones that speak against people so loud, they're normally the weakest. Weak men speak about each other. Strong men are going to find ways to fix things. Problem solvers, we heard that last night. When you see a problem, say, hey, how can we fix this? You see someone struggling, instead of talking against someone, hey, how can I help them? Being a problem solver, getting into the fight and realize that it's the devil that we're fighting, but I'm going to try to help each other. I'm going to try to get in the fight, and I'm willing to fight. I'm not going to be like Eliab who's going to say, oh, yeah, you just do that because you just want the recognition. You want to stand during chapel because you got to know. That's not, the person that says that is the one that's, that, that's why they're doing it, or they think they're so humble, but really it's pride in your life. The loudest ones aren't always the one, uh, are, 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 are normally the weakest Christian. The biggest mouth are the weakest Christian. Let's keep going through David. Let's see what he does. Uh, verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, when he, even, uh, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I passed over the verse, but you see before where, um, you know, where, where Saul's telling David to take all his armor, you know, put all this armor on. And he realized, he, he wore, he's like, this doesn't fit me. He wasn't going out there to fight because he had the armor. He knew who he was fighting for, fighting against the devil, but fighting with God on his side. You see, he goes, he takes five little stones. You want to fight a giant with five stones? But he knew who was on his side. And we have someone stronger on our side that can fight the devil and different sins that are in our life. The devil's out there and there's a giant in your life. It may seem small, but a really sin is really a giant. You know, maybe disguised as something really small and God can help you with it. What do we see happen in verse 44? And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. I'm going to tear you apart. I'm going to do that. Oh, 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 okay, I'll stop. No, he didn't do that. What did he say? I love his comment. Three, verse, three verses he speaks back. David's reply. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to, to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven, God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And see what David did. Not only did he speak, but let's see what he does in the next verse. Verse 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose, David made him mad. He, he, he poked the bear. He went and, he, and he, he arose and came and drew near to meet David. Then David, what does it say? Hastened and ran. Which way did he run? Toward the army. To meet the Philistine. He didn't just get up. He didn't just get a sling. He went full head of steam and he started charging Goliath. And what we need today, we need to be the ones full head of steam where we're going to go, we're going to charge the world. We're going to try to do something for God. David knew what the battle was. He knew he was fighting against. He knew who he was fighting with, the Lord. And he said, I'm going to run towards that. The generate the older generation, they can't run anymore. They're, they're still, they're, they're, they may be walking. Some of them are still crawling. They can't do as much as they can. And I'm not trying to be rude, but that's just true. They can't, they can't keep up with anymore. They can't do what they used to do. Now, there's still a role for them that doesn't dismiss them. Oh, because they can't go and spend eight hours in a bus route because they're, they're too old. That means they're, no, no, they, they still have use. They're still purpose. Don't, don't, don't discredit that. You're going to be there one day, and you're going to do your best, and someone's going to discredit you. Oh, you stink at all. I'm not saying that. But not everyone can run like they used to. But you can there's no excuse for us in this room. We can do that. We go out and like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to serve the Lord. No, we should be full head of steam. Where are we going to make mistakes? Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. Hopefully they're not too big. Hopefully it's something like, okay, it's not that big. But we need to get ready. We need to run into the battle. Are you running to the battle today? Are you running away from the battle? 
I'm not, I, I, hopefully we're all running to the battle. I, I'm worried if you're not running, if you're running away from the battle, but I'm really worried if you're just a spectator. Because then we, you're kind of lukewarm. We don't really know where you are. You're just going to stand back and just kind of watch. I, I, I'll go out sewing, but I'm not really going to go out sewing. I'll be out there for the time. Or I'm going to go in my bus route, but I'm not really going to go, you know. I'm going to sing in church, but it's really not from the heart. I'm just kind of watching it, you know. Uh, you know, whatever maybe this walk with God, yeah, I'll open up my Bible and read a few verses, but I'm not actually trying to do it. Are we running toward the battle like David was? Are we running against, or are we just a spectator? All those soldiers, you know, they were just spectators. They're watching what David's doing. Now, they ran when the victory happened. Oh, big day, yeah, we did this. But they, they, weren't, they weren't willing to go into the fight and to actually fight Goliath. Right. Are we going to be like David, be all in in the battle? You don't need to turn there for sake of time, but what about the three Hebrew boys? I was just reading this not too long ago. It always amazes me, just, just reading this story about the three Hebrew boys, the faith that they had to take a stand. Do we have that faith? Do we really have faith? Just, just be honest. Have you, has there been a time lately that our faith has been tested? No, we, live, we live such a wonderful life. It's, it, it's, it really is easy if you compare it to years ago. If we were to live 300 years ago, how our life would be. I mean, we really would have had to live by faith when those pilgrims, or even longer ago, when they came to America and they didn't know if they were going to die and a bunch of their family members died. We just got to live by faith, Lord. This is what you want us to do. Do we really have the faith to serve the Lord? And, and, and I question myself that. And maybe I gave this uh, testimony here about Chase. He had, he had knocked on the door and wanted some visitors. I, I mentioned in class. He knocked on the door and, 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 uh, or gave a tract to a couple people. Um, and they didn't, they didn't speak any English, okay? He just goes, hey, you want to come to church? Oh, yeah, you know, and took it and we left. He's like, Daddy, I got four visitors for Sunday. He had the faith that if he were to ask someone to come to church, they were going to come to church. When have I had that faith? Do I believe that if I go to someone or, or that, that if I go and say, will you come to church, that they're going to they're gonna come to church? Even if they said no, I just believe that God will do it. It put me to shame. And not just that, on Sunday morning, he didn't forget about this. It wasn't just a Saturday thing. It wasn't just with me. He did that with Shannon, too. And then Sunday morning, hey, Mom, I'm going to stand in the foyer. i got four visitors I'm waiting for. He had the faith that they would come to church, and he was going to go stand in the foyer with everyone else waiting for the visitors. Was I going to be the one to say, son, they're not coming? Absolutely not. I'm not going to quench that faith. Right. It puts me to shame. Yeah. We knock on a door and we have a, a visit. You go like, oh, well, I've been visiting these people for a year. They've never come and they promise. Yeah, right. They're not coming tomorrow. Well, yeah, they're not going to come tomorrow. Maybe because I don't have the faith that they're going to come. Right. Do I really believe that God's going to do that? And that's just with someone. Do I really believe that God can use me? Maybe he's going to use you at work. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, not just, I'm not going to get in the fight. I'm just whatever. I'm not going to tell them I'm a Christian. No, tell them you're a Christian. God wants to use that. How many, how many coworkers have gotten saved? How many coworkers have come to church and are still coming to church? Because someone said, I, I'm, I have the faith to believe that God's going to do something, just like these three Hebrew boys. I have the faith that God can use me. It says in, in Daniel 3.13, that Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? That's got to be a scare. I, mean, I, I would be scared. You ever get called, you know, you know uh, pa Brother Hughes, Pastor Houston wants to see you in his office. Oh, no, Brother Hall or Pastor Kevin wants to see you. Like, oh, what's going on? And you did, you know, you did something that, against it. Man, that's a fear that's, that's it's in them. I mean, just imagine your boss says, hey, see me. Come, come to my office now. Oh, boy, what did I do? You know, you hope it's good. You know, that, so imagine you're actually in there. They're, 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 they're scared. I mean, they, I would be scared, too. I mean, the king is, you know, calling you. And it says right there in their, their response. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, what does it say about Nebuchadnezzar? And then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. We see, they say, you know what? God's going to take us, take care of us. We have the faith that you could throw us into a, you could throw us into the fire. You go and let's let's get a house on fire. How many are willing to go and say if they say, hey, we're going to throw you into this, or, or say you don't believe in God? What would you do? That's what they used to do. They used to burn them at the stake. Hey, if you know, if you will recant God, we won't burn you. But if not, we're going to burn you. How many of us are willing to do? I'm not saying we're having that this day, these days. But do we have the faith to say, no, I believe God? That's what these guys did. They had the faith to believe that God used them. And we're not even talking about they're threatening us with our lives anymore. We don't have that. Maybe it will come one day, but they're not even threatening with us, and we don't have the faith to believe that God can do something through us, not to make us great, but just to get in the battle and say, I'm all in, God. I don't know what you can do with me. I'm a nobody. I'm really, I, I, I don't really have many talents. And some, I mean, some have talents, some don't. Hey, I don't know what you're going to do with me, God, but I'm just here. I'm ready to be used. Amen. The ministry across the country and the world is full of people that just said, I've got the faith that you can do something with the nobody. Some of them don't even have a college or even finish a high school education, whatever it may be. And God, and I'm not saying don't drop out of college because you say, I've got the faith, so I'm not going to go to school anymore. Okay, don't take that from this message, okay? <laughs> But to say, you know, I just got the faith that God could use me. Whatever it may be, I don't know what he can do. It may not be ministry. Maybe I could be a Sunday school teacher. God, we need more Sunday school teachers. We need more people to say, you know, God, I got the faith. You can do whatever. If it's a Sunday school teacher, I'll do that. We need someone to raise the little kids. We need a, we need a I think it's neat talking, but speaking of Chase, he's got Brother Deal as a Sunday school teacher. Guess who was my Sunday school teacher? Brother Deal, but just the older Brother Deal. Now we got, a, we got a son, that's my age, that's taking after what his dad did. Great man in the church, serves the Lord. He's helping an RU, full throttle. He does a lot of things with the teenagers. They say, I'll be a Sunday school teacher. God, I, I don't know, I don't know. And, and, and I don't know what you could do with me. I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I went to college, I did all that, and but I don't know what you could do. You know, I, I, could be a, I could be a Sunday school teacher. How many Sunday school teachers are in here right now that just, you just need to have the faith to say, God, just use me. Whatever you can be, use me. Lastly, we see, and I'll be done, we see Stephen in Acts. He was filled with the Spirit and ready to give his life for Christ. And he did give his life for Christ. I'm not saying that's where it's going to come today. But, he, but you, you see in, in Acts 7, I'll just read a few, verse 45, uh, 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And it says later on, verse 59, Then they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And this is what I, back to the beginning of the message. To the day of our death, whatever it may be, it may be in five years, it may be in 25 years, it may be 55 years. Am I going to be filled with the Spirit? I'm going to have that fight like David where I'm going to run as, as, as fast as I can run. At some point, it's going to be walk. Some week, it's going to be crawl. Sometime, I'll be in a wheelchair. I'm still going to be wheeling my way to serve the Lord. Whatever it may be in life, I'm going to, I'm going to get into that fight. I'm going to have the faith that God could do something. Not because I want to have a name for myself. Oh, this is the title. Not that I'm trying to get a title, but that I could do something for the Lord. Are we all in today? Have we thrown our hat into the ring? Say, Lord, I... I'm going to do that. I, my hat's in the ring. I, whatever you have, Lord, I've got the faith that you can do it. Have you made that decision? Have you written that down somewhere you go? And we got decision cards up here, and it's not because we want to know, we want to hear, oh, we had 10 decisions in the chapel today. Wow, that must have been a great message. No, that's for you. We don't want it up here. That's for you to say, you know, I made a decision that I'm going to be all in, or whatever the message may be. A few days ago, we heard about uh, remembering those. Brother Hall, and I, I was going to preach maybe about that as well, but I decided not to because Brother Hall did a great job of remembering those people um, in your life, your parents, your grandparents, whatever it may be. Thank you. No. 
Do we go and make a decision about this? I'm all in. You know, I need to, I need to be more thankful. Hey, I need, to, I need to have more faith. Whatever it may be, these aren't for us up here. These are for you. Unless you didn't know that. There's decision cards that you can make. You put in your Bible and say, you know what, I'm all in. So I look back at the date to say, Lord, I, I told you I was all in. I'm still all in. I'm going to give you the rest of my life. I'm going to serve you. Are you running towards the battle? Are you running away? Or are you just a spectator? Get in. Get in. If you're running, if you decided maybe, you know, I'm done with this. One semester and I'm done. One year and I'm done. And I'm not, if, if that's what you and your pastor put in place, then do it. But sometimes we go, I'm just going to give God a semester, a year, but we really don't give him everything. We're the spectator. I'm going to spectate and watch what God's doing, but I'm not really going to be all in. I'll, do, I'll give my year, but then I'm done with that. We really don't give everything to God. Right. And, the, and, and for those that are staying for four years or, or for masters, what it may be, it doesn't mean your first few years that we can just party and then, we, then well, I'll be as a senior, I'm going to be all in. Start today. Oh. Start today. Say, you know what, I, I'm all in, whatever it may be. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be a super Christian, but I can give everything. I can give my life to God. God wants to use everyone in here. There's amazing talent. There's amazing things that can be done from everyone in this room if all of you turn out to serve the Lord and all of you decide, I'm going to be all in. Full-time Christian worker, full-time Christian, whatever it may be. There are great things. God has done great things. Just If you just want to put the bus, soul-winning part of it, what God has done through you all here that God wants to continue to do once you're out of here. And that's just one aspect of it. A lot of the devotions, a lot of just getting excited, being all in into spirit week and doing crazy things. And, and that's even part of it. Say, you know, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to be all in. If that's what we're doing, I'm going to do it. God wants to do great things for you. He wants to do it through all of us. We just need to be all in. Praise the Lord. Don't forget to tune in again for another Maverick message.